0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, PFF's IDP specialist and data analyst. This episode, we're getting the butler to cook something up in a Petri dish on a hill in Hamilton, Ontario, where it's a bit brisker than what I've seen in the woods. So cross off bad wordplay on your Big Nickel bingo sheet and fire up some Kirby's Dreamland on your SNES because it's rookie safety time. (sighs) Let's get it. paying attention in that convoluted opening you will have noticed that there are 10 safeties we'll go into detail talking about uh, with their idp outlooks for this season and beyond those were the first 10 safeties drafted i named them all somewhere in there Uh, and then we'll add in maybe a sleeper or two at the end from this rookie safety class as well and obviously i'm not going to go through this alone and since he didn't run away after that intro a big thank you for joining me from DynastyNerds.com, the senior writer, ranker, and IDP team lead over there at Dynasty Nerds, Mr. John Glosser. John, how's it going, man?
1: Wonderful. Uh, thanks for having me on. I know we uh, we had to kind of call an audible last time, but i um, <laughs> glad that we got the uh, John and John connection going on again. And uh, <laughs> excited to talk rookie DBs with you. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was glad uh, you guys were able to still get a recording out there with Evan last time and I listened to it. It was really great. So um, yeah, looking forward to getting to reconnect now after the, after the draft and and talk about these guys now that we actually have the landing spots and, and to see how they kind of shape up to the rest of the league and, and what, they might look like IDP wise. I know we're not crazy about uh, a majority of the safeties for IDP going into this season um, or at least for this season, but there are definitely some ones that we, I know we were pretty excited about for the most part. So um, yeah, but uh, how's your, how's your off season been so far? How's uh, how did you enjoy the the
1: draft? Uh, pretty good. Um, I know this is a kind of like a, a, a little bit of a perceived weaker draft, at least from a you know, before they play standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's always sleepers out there, always guys that you know we've we've done the work on and kind of seeing seeing where they land and kind of wanting to get them on your dynasty rosters. So obviously, rookie draft season is you know started almost the minute after the draft for me and is still running on. And kind of like we spoke about a little bit, you know, in the pre-show, it was you know you know, we still have a few to go and, and startups going on too. So really exciting time to kind of get all this, you know, coverage out of the way and kind of like I said, getting those guys on your roster and, you know, making it look real good until, you know, week one starts and you're wondering why you got that guy on your roster. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing that, that rookie hype, that off
0: season hype is real, right? Like we all kind of feel it. We all get excited about these guys. Like, Seeing like going through startups right now, like seeing where rookies are going, like they're super, super early. Like, especially, I mean, the wide receivers, uh, even you know, some of the linebackers, too. Like, I'm not I, like, I do want to see them on the field before I get too excited about them. And there's definitely guys that I, I like quite a bit, but. Man, like sixth, seventh round of a like a startup for for some of these rookies just feels super rich for me. But that's you know, that's trying to you gotta try to get ahead of it, I guess, if you want to hit on one of these big names that could potentially be like a second or third round startup pick in next year, right?
1: Yeah, no matter what they say about a week draft or not, rookie fever is rookie fever right. and it will continue to be here every <laughs> year. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our annual epidemic is the <laughs> rookie fever.
0: Once that draft finishes, everybody just just goes wild so um yeah and there's there's definitely some some exciting rookies even in uh, like on the idp side and and especially i think the safety class i think there's some guys that uh, that are really interesting and um i mean one in particular who yeah i had my notes on him that you you read with with evan and i know you were excited about him as well but um Uh, Well, we could get, we could get started there. We'll start with him anyways. So um, yeah, well, like I said, we'll go through each player uh, in the order that they were drafted. And then at the end, we'll rank them all. So uh, I'll let you kick things off for us, John, with the guy that I was referencing. That is Kyle, the hammer Hamilton. How do you like uh, Kyle Hamilton
1: landing with the Ravens? perfect spot I feel um you know I'm not we're kind of in agreement there we're not buying the Ravens don't have a good IDP safety over the past couple years so he's automatically gonna suck Um, (laughs) but yeah I mean you don't like to use the term too often but like generational I feel like you know he's one of those type of players just Kind of a freak with his size, with his speed, with his ability. Um, the Ravens play a ton of man coverage. I think that's something that he's going to excel at. Um, the way they kind of use their linebackers last year was, you know, it was almost not fun <laughs> to watch Patrick Queen not be on yeah. the field as much. Um, Chuck Clark played a lot of areas that he's not very good at playing. <laughs> um, so I think Kyle Hamilton's going to help a ton there. Um, Really interesting stat I, I saw on him was, I believe it was. Through three years at Notre Dame, he only allowed like a twenty five point nine percent passer rating and and one touchdown in man coverage, so it was it was pretty interesting. Um, and just the the player, he's a freak. Um, I think right now Mike Clay's projections are, are really good. I know he's got him over nine hundred snaps projected at, and projected as the second leading tackler for Baltimore. So, um, IDP in terms of IDP and and these. Rookie DBs, he's you know hands down the DB one. I don't think too many people are arguing that there should be none. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, love the player. Uh, the system alone, like I think, I think he'll be fine. You know, they did add Marcus Williams, so they do have a really nice one-two punch there at safety. Um, I I don't think that he'll play a ton of deep safety. But I think that he, you know, he is fully capable of doing that with the closing speed. And he showed that in college. So, um, yeah, there's not too much not to like. He's a really unique talent. I know the comp is is Derwin James and, and that's what we all want. And we want, you know, the in the box, Derwin James and all over the field, Derwin James. So um, he's he's bigger. You know, He he's going to impose his will. He's playing in a in a division that's got some offensive firepower. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I love Hamilton. I know you do as well. So I want to save you some time to kind of hype him up, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I do. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love Hamilton. Um, and so, yeah, a few things. Like, And you mentioned it, but, like, just this feeling that I kind of get from, like, like the idp community or or whatever you want to call them um there's definitely like a number of different ways to view hamilton from what i'm seeing anyways like there there's people that you know think that they're they're going to leave them in in Two deep coverages and and he's just going to play that deep role um, and which will kill his IDP stock. There's there's people that are complaining about his forty time, um, which is ridiculous. <laughs> there's people who believe that he is elite so that uh, that we fall into that category. Um, and then there's the people that like rank him outside of their top five rookie safeties for good reason whatsoever. But um, there <laughs> there was. You know, and and obviously there's there's Chuck Clark truthers as well. Um, there so shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. You're right. <laughs> and actually, there was a good quote um, from Jim Harbaugh this week um, that I I saw, and it was something along the lines of, um, and this this should really kind of bring to light like what they think of Chuck Clark over there is like he he mentioned how. The, the play calling duties or the green dot duties will probably go to multiple players this season, just based on who's coming on and off the field. So for those that don't know, Chuck Clark was that defensive signal caller last year. So they're basically saying he's going to be coming off the field a lot. So he's not going to be the one calling the plays essentially. Right. So that, that, you know, is something that um, should pretty much kill Chuck Clark's value as well. Uh, also with them being in talks of trading him, but um Anyways, back to, back to Kyle Hamilton. So the way I feel with Hamilton basically is that making him do just one thing in a defense, I think would be kind of wasting his, his talent and his abilities. Right. And I think Baltimore definitely has more plans to, to kind of play him to like his many strengths and make him the kind of centerpiece of that defense that they've been uh, that they, that they need and where he can actually make an impact on as many plays as possible. And, and, just looking at it like from a coverage perspective alone, like the Ravens themselves ran just a league average rate of both single high and two high safety looks. So they didn't skew significantly more towards one or the other uh, last year, according to the PFF numbers that we have. Obviously, they have a new defensive coordinator coming in, Mike McDonald's coming over from Michigan, but he was also previously with this Ravens team just the season before that, um, that he was at Michigan. And last year at Michigan, if it means anything, Uh, McDonald ran about 51% single high, 36% too high. Um, Obviously, that doesn't equal 100%, the rest being like cover cover zero and like those red zone defenses, things like that. So even with an increase towards like more too high looks from McDonald in Baltimore in 2022, there's still – plenty to allow Hamilton uh to play in the box closer to the line of scrimmage um and there's definitely you know even if there's more safety looks um more too high safety looks sorry in the NFL the safety position itself is is also asking players to do more than just play deep and and I think what the point of this is is that special players can be used utilized in a variety of different ways to get the most out of their skill set and for me, Hamilton could do everything. Like you said, he could play single high. He could play in the box. He could play in the slot. Um, I mean, the guy has linebacker size, basically. He's a great tackler and run defender. I just can't imagine they'd leave him in one alignment. Um, I, even Baltimore, a, a team that blitzed their safeties at the second highest rate in the league last year, 9%. Um, that's something that Hamilton can do. He could hold his own on the edge with that size and that speed, right? So Basically, all of that to say that I think he will be used all over the field, and he's—I think he's going to be an elite IDP uh, safety option for a long time.
1: Have you uh, noticed any kind of trends in terms of where he's going in your rookie drafts? I kind of have like a sample of about like twelve, I think, here. Um, starting with the earliest going would be one fifteen, and that's in the Swimming with Sharks league that we split. Um, that's a sixteen team. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of makes a little, you know, skews that a little bit. Um, and the latest I seen was three oh eight. So um okay. And some of those ones are uh, you know, super flex, tight end premium, you know, high score and IDP. So um yep. maybe fell a little bit there, uh due to his position or what whatnot. But yeah, I was just curious if you had kind of um like a spot you think like we kind of like let the listeners know of like where where we would be real comfortable taking them. I think for me, it's around like that 204 range, 206 mm-hmm. range, I think is where I'm the most comfortable. And I think that's a fair value on him. So I was interested okay. in your thoughts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That that's a hundred percent what I was, yeah, gonna say. The same thing with the like where you're seeing him like earliest to latest in drafts. It's basically the exact same thing for me. The earliest I've taken him, I actually took him at 202 uh in a 12-team league. Um, but only because I really wanted to pair him with Derwin James. I also had Derwin James at safety. Or sorry, 203, I took him, I should say. Um, and that's the earliest I've ever taken a safety in a rookie draft. Um uh, I had taken, I think Derwin James is a rookie at like two ten, something like that. That was the earliest before, but yeah, like two Oh four to two Oh six, like that middle of the second I think is the perfect spot. Um, just based on like what our projection is for them. I think there's, you know, there's, there's some offensive guys that I think could fill in that beginning of the second round. And then obviously you have your Hutchinsons and, uh, Devin Lloyd or, or whoever else, um, that you value there at IDP just, because of the safety position being pretty deep. But yeah, I think Hamilton's a special player, and I think that second round pick, I I think it's worth it. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so Hamilton was taking, he was the first safety off the board with the 14th overall pick, and then the next one off the board comes at the 31st overall pick in the first round. It was Daxton Hill going to the Cincinnati Bengals. So with Hill, it feels like, A lot of his fantasy value kind of hinges on the guys ahead of him on the depth chart, right? Um, So both the starters there, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Uh, are pending free agents after this season. Um, But I know Bates, it does sound like he's unwilling to play on the franchise tag for now. Uh, Obviously that could change as, as the off season goes on, it's still early, but there's all, there's at least that chance that he could potentially sit out uh, for a period this season, whatever it happens to be. But he'll like, I wasn't particularly high on him ahead of the, like before the draft, just for IDP purposes, because I thought maybe he'd be more of that slot corner uh, type player. And and I know he's, he's done a lot more than that, but even the slot corner spot in Cincinnati looks locked up this year, right. With Mike Hilton um, being in that role. So for me, it's if Bates really does sit out or something crazy happens, like him getting traded uh, Jesse Bates, that is then, then Hill would definitely become much more interesting. I'm not overly convinced that, that Hill's like a good Von Bell replacement in that scheme. Um, but I guess it, like it's not out of the question with that first round draft capital, obviously. I think, you know, as far as like a box safety type goes, um, Von Bell's the closest that they have on that Bengals roster. And maybe he sticks around after this season. I don't know. But my bet is going to be that Daxton Hill is going to be on a lot of 2023 breakout lists for IDP for sure. Um, so it's definitely worth getting in on him now while there's still question marks about his role as a rookie and, and before that price raises substantially, basically.
1: Yeah, I was a, I'm was a fan of Dax Hill. I, I do like his game. Um, I had a lot of the same concerns in terms of IDP value because – Kind of, we went through this with a little bit with Elijah Molden last year. Where it's like you know for a fact he's going to play cornerback. I don't feel that way about that. I do think you you hit the nail on the head with the, the both of them being free agents. I think Von Bell is going to be the cheaper of the two. So, and I definitely don't think that Von Bell is easily replaceable. Um, and I'm not I'm not knocking Jesse Bates or anything, but I think that the price tag on Jesse Bates is going to be extremely high you also have to look at what cincinnati is building there and you're gonna have to pay joe burrow you're gonna have to pay t higgins you're gonna have to pay jamar chase you're not letting any of those three guys go even if it's projecting three or four years out and the cap's gonna be you know insanely high at that point you don't want 20 you know, 20, 30 million wrapped up in in a safety that you feel like is replaceable, obviously as a since Cincinnati as a franchise feels that way because they brought in multiple DBs just in this draft alone. So, um, and like you like you said about Mike Hilton being in a slot, like I think that's even more of like a killer to Dax's value this year because you thought at worst maybe he can start there and play some big nickel or something like that. Um, it doesn't seem like that's really going to be an option. I think you're completely right. Like if Jesse Bates were to miss time, whether it would be for a contract dispute or an injury, like I think you might, that's where you're going to see the value. But um, also on deep rosters, you're right. You know, I mean? Like get in on them now and a, a year from now, if, if Jesse Bates walks, and I mean, if both safeties walk because they just decide that, they don't want to invest that money on the defensive side. Um, That's a, a guy like who's going to be on breakout lists and people are going to be coming knocking down your door to give you, you know, rookie picks or, you know, maybe a player that you want in a package deal to, you know, to move them. And I mean, at that point, we, you probably won't see much from him. So, I mean, it's not a bad sell. So if you, if you're going to move a, you know, an IDP for a potential offensive piece or a, a pick to get you an offensive piece or, or something that you like, that it's a roster need. um That's the best part of it. One of the best parts about IDP, you know, you can use those pieces to kind of, you know, improve a trade or improve a deal, swing it in your way. So um, I definitely agree on getting in on him now, but in terms of instant impact, I would be very, very cautious. Um, and, and I think we're seeing that in some of our rookie drafts where, you know, it was kind of, you know, he would be drafted, you know, in that mid third, you know, fourth round. And and I've, I've seen a ton where he's not drafted at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, landing spot, I think is almost everything there. So, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like, I think there's a pretty good chance that Jesse Bates isn't playing with the Bengals next season. Right. And uh, in that case, like people are going to be, very, very excited about Texton Hill. Um, and yeah, it might not, it might be with not even seeing him really play all that much. So it, 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 you're right. It's, it's definitely worth a shot to just roster him. And then, yeah, you, you could cash out before next season as well. So, um, yeah, not to say that, that he won't be a good fantasy safety, like if he does get that starting role, because obviously Jesse Bates has been in that role for a while and he's been he's been a solid idp so um it's definitely possible but at the same time if you can sell like a jesse bates type um for you know a, a decent price like a second round pick in a rookie draft I, I would i would definitely be doing that all right let's go on to the very next pick in the draft it was uh
1: lewis scene going to the minnesota vikings Um, scene I was not like super, super high on, I think in the first episode, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I've, I've kind of, kind of. Come around on him. Um, I do think, you know, even kind of like charting a little bit of Xavier Woods last year and how much deep safety he played for them. But he still had the that career year. He had 108 tackles. Um, I'm not saying that is going to have that, but um, obviously playing alongside Harrison Smith is going to be a, a huge boost. You know, for him uh, learning from one of the best, most consistent safeties in the game uh, yeah. over the last couple of years is um, still that guy to me, even though in that free safety role that wants to just take your head off. Um, <laughs> so I Thank think you. he's going to play, you know, a, a ton of deep safety. I don't think that that's going to change. I think he'll probably be used a lot like Xavier was used. Um mm-hmm. I like the player. I like the landing spot. I mean, he's he's penciled in probably as the starter. I don't really see uh, a scenario where he doesn't start unless he really really struggles in, in mini minicamp. But um, like the player, you know that Georgia defense had you know players that never even seemed like didn't play a snap that got drafted. <laughs> so <laughs> to have a player from you know <laughs> that that national championship team seems to be uh, you know kind of like Alabama over these past you know five, six, seven years or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I like the player a lot. I mean, I could see him around the 800-snap mark and and kind of being on the field, you know, majority of his rookie year. Um, he, he might be a guy that you want to cash out on, too, because this, you know, this rookie DB class isn't great. Um, where where I'm seeing him go is anywhere from, like, late second to, you know, mid-fourth-ish range. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a more of a team build type of thing for like kind of the, the spots that I charged him in is, you know, I, I do love his value the most of kind of anyone on uh, any of these safeties, because I do feel like he's kind of falling a little bit where he's getting lost between some almost even like backup rotational linebackers in this class are kind of going ahead of him. Some, you know, some upset, real upside players. So I, I do like his value in terms of what I think he's going, his usage will be for his rookie year Um and just kind of, hope that you get a little bit of what you got out of Xavier Woods. Cause I mean, I don't think I'm in the minority there. Nobody expected that. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I've mentioned this before, but I think Xavier Woods was the only player in the league, uh, only defensive player in the league last season that played every defensive snap for his team. Right. So a lot of his, uh, his, his production was volume based as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So um but yeah, like I I, I do like Lewis scene, uh quite a bit. I think he was one of my favorites like pre-draft. Um, I think I put in my notes that uh, like I was surprised he wasn't getting more first-round hype, and and he just barely made the cut. But he he, he got there. Um, that uh, it it's definitely a bummer for like those Cameron Bynum fans. I, I know I was a little bit excited about Bynum um, because yeah, this is serious competition for him now to for that starting spot. And I think Seen's another one of those guys. To me, I, I think. Can do can do everything well, um, and it, which is good for uh, Viking safeties especially because they'll they'll probably be asked to do that. And, and with Ed Donatel coming over from uh, Denver, uh, where they they did play like an above average rate of like single high coverages, so I'd imagine like he and Harrison Smith both get a shot to kind of rotate down closer to the line of scrimmage as well um and yeah like you said a, a great mentor in Harrison Smith to to come in as a rookie and get one of the best safeties in the league as your 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 running mate there that's pretty cool so um yeah i think where where he's going in drafts usually the second or third safety off the board it's typically the second but i have seen people uh take Jaquan Brisker ahead of him as well so which i get i get it um it's uh but it's close and i think i think seeing He should be solid, right? That he's. I think where I've seen him go in startups, he's one of those IDPs that I mentioned like in startup drafts where like rookie IDPs that are um, going a little bit early for my taste. I've seen him go there earlier than I think he should. But in rookie drafts, I think he's his price is right. Like you said, um, like early third, you know, fourth round somewhere around there is where he's going. So, yeah, we like uh, we do like Lewis scene for sure. All right. We go into the second round here. And the first safety taken in the second round was Jalen Petrie uh, going to the Texans. So this is another guy that I think I had a bit of a tougher time to project just because he was so good um, playing that nickel corner position last year with Baylor. Um, so I, I I was convinced that he's going to be drafted like as a, as a slot corner um, in, in the NFL. And, and maybe he still is, but, for Houston, there's some decent starters I think that they have there right now that can that can play that role. Guys like uh, Desmond King and and even Tavier Thomas, who was actually good last season for them uh, in that spot. So I kind of figure with the team moving on from Lonnie Johnson I, that they're hoping that Petrie can step into like a true safety role in year one, so that they don't have to start one of like either Eric Murray or Terrence Brooks or MJ Stewart or, you know, some of these other guys that they have there. It's it's a pretty messy group in Houston, which is similar to their linebacker core as well, which Kyle and I uh, talked about a few weeks back. Um, Just, just some, like kind of schlubs in their projected starting lineup so guys that aren't particularly difficult to jump on the depth chart um for some of these rookies that do have decent draft capital like a jalen petrie uh at safety and and a christian harris at linebacker as well so i i think petrie is a decent bet to get a starting job um eventually this season as he kind of fights his way through the the slop like i said that is the the Texans depth chart, but, but what about you? How do you feel about this one um, in Houston?
1: I I mean, the defense in general is very, very average, like a lot of average players. So I definitely think in terms of being able to carve out a starting role, like that's not going to be very difficult. Um, I, I had a lot of the same concerns you had though. I was, I was worried about him playing a little bit more corner, Um Let's be honest, that defense, that secondary in particular, is not going to get much better fast unless Stingley is legitimately, like, you know, shut down rookie year, which we saw it with rookie corners last year. They struggled quite a bit. I mean, this class is a bit better. Um, But, yeah, I think that overall, like, I'm not super excited about the player, especially from, like, an IDP standpoint. I don't – I mean, he almost – could in a year, two years, three years lump in with that group of Eric Murray's and Lonnie Johnson's. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, um, I I don't think he, he does enough. Like eye test for me where I'm like, yeah, this guy's a sleeper. He's going to be great. Like, I just don't, I don't really see it. I don't, love what's going on in Houston <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. turning around anytime soon but yeah I mean in, in terms of uh, draft value he's kind of in that same range there as after brisker and and louisine that um you know he's kind of the next one off the board but I think it's it's kind of draft capital and and you know position scarcity of Mm -hmm. on his own team so um in in terms of that if you if you like it but I think like where I'm seeing him go it's like me personally I'm rather probably taking like an upside you know offensive piece there instead of taking kind of like where he's valued at right now but yeah in terms of if you're if you're kind of real depleted at at DB that it's not a bad pick a guy to to sit on and, and like you said he's he's probably gonna get some snaps this year so I mean you're gonna Kind of figure out what you have with him, but I think I'm just not the type to invest that, you know, maybe third, fourth round pick when I could kind of, you know, sit on, you know, a quarterback or, you know, a running back or someone to upside that might, might pop in a, a year or two. So,
0: yeah, for sure. And I, I think most leagues that I've seen, at least where the majority of the league is kind of locked in and paying attention, he's, he's a guy that, um, is, mo- is, either falling to like the fifth round or going undrafted uh, a lot of the times, but yeah, you're right. I have seen him go in that range just because of um, the draft capital as well. Right. So he's, you know, that early second round draft capital people like, so um, they figured to take a shot, but yeah, it's not, it's not the best defense to be a part of and we don't know exactly what his role is going to be. Is he going to be a safety? Is he going to be a slot corner? We don't, we don't really know. Cause that, that entire team is, is a hot mess. So. We'll see. Uh, um, But yeah, another name that we uh, we've kind of touched on a little bit here, but we'll go into a little bit more detail. Uh, Also in the second round going to the Chicago
1: Bears was Jaquan Brisker. What did you think of Brisker? Um, I'm a big fan of Brisker. He's in that top three of those safeties that I I really like. Um, You know, Matt Eberflew going over there. I kind of Looked at a little bit, charted a little bit. Uh, Kerry Willis, while he was his three years under Iberflue, he averaged 73 tackles per season, 1.3 interceptions and 1.2 sacks, and he's has never played over 14 games. So I think yeah. Brisker is in a really good situation. Um, kind yeah. of the common theme here is a lot of average players in that for safety for the Bears. Um, Eddie Jackson is not good at all. Um, but, uh, I think Brisker has a chance to kind of like bring an attitude to that defense and that secondary, um, you, you know, you, you have Roquan, you know, in the middle there. So being able to add another young piece and, and hopefully Iberflu being a, you know, kind of one of the, one of the better defensive play callers over the past few years could kind of, you know, bring in a, you know, a system that maybe fits him. But yeah, I, d- I do really like him. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the landing spot was uh, outside of Kyle Hamilton was my favorite landing spot. So yeah. um not overly excited for the Bears, you know, long term, but I do like Brisker. I mean, even as year one, like I, I do think we're going to see a ton of him. And I'm really hoping that he's kind of as good as I think he can be because I think, you know, is where he is in that like third, fourth round there. Uh, I'm a lot more confident taking him ahead of Petrie, even though the draft capital, I mean, I think they're separated by like maybe four picks or something like that, but um a right. little bit more of a fan of Brisker and think that he has an actual role. Like, whereas we're kind of a little more on the fence with Petrie as to what he'll actually do. Um, and yeah, I like the fit. I like it. You know, uh, the Bears were were uh, an odd defense last year because I didn't think they were very good, but they finished kind of better because they didn't play a lot of snaps defensively <laughs> for some reason. But, yeah, I mean, it's just that's the NFL for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's and that's
0: one of the big reasons like defense just fluctuates year to year, right? Like a, a really good defense one year is going to be absolute shit the other because it just so much depends on like the offenses that you play and and you know the game flows and stuff like that. And but yeah, Brisker, I think for like for IDP purposes, I, I'm I'm in on Brisker. I think you know he he's into that starting role. Um and being a player that probably has more experience in the box than any of the other safeties in this class uh, i think that's a good thing coming in there with like you mentioned with eberflus um and, it, and it's having that tendency to utilize one safety to play closer uh to the line of scrimmage on the majority of plays somewhere around 60 percent of the snaps so um Eddie Jackson definitely more of that that deep safety role, so Brisker should get a chance to kind of step into that, like you said, that Kyrie Willis spot, um, which is which has been profitable for IDP. And you know, even though Kyrie Willis hasn't been you know a picture of health, uh, it doesn't mean that Brisker can't step in in a similar uh, role and not be productive. So there's, it, it, I think there's there's room for him to to be a starting. A quality idp safety uh and there's nobody else really in chicago to challenge him from starting right so we we have to assume that he'll walk into a pretty healthy size role uh in year one and have plenty of production to make him uh that viable idp starter uh right out the gate as a rookie so um yeah it explains why he would be going uh, as one of the top three safeties off the board for sure
2: What's up, everybody? Josh here with the IDP Show. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where league members get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about, and the IDP Show is making it happen for listeners. We've partnered up with RSO to offer new members 10% off their annual site fee. Just use promo code IDP Show after your 14-day trial is complete. So, what are you waiting for? With RSO, you have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, Multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality and much much more like we said it's the closest thing you can get to being an nfl general manager think it sounds complicated it's not the best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league it just requires more strategy think you're among the fantasy elite well this is the platform to test your mettle Just remember to use the promo code IDPSHOW to get 10% off the site fee. Again, that's promo code IDPSHOW to get 10% off the site fee for your leagues in 2022. Fantasy just got real with Reality Sports Online.
0: All right. The last safety in the second round was Brian Cook going to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, in the pre-draft podcast notes that I sent to sent to Evan for cook, I, w- I was like a little unsure about how the NFL might value him expecting him to be maybe like end of day two. Um, so he actually ended up going just end of round two, uh, to the chiefs who valued him pretty highly, obviously. And even after signing Justin Reed this off season and spending a second on Juan Thornhill, just a couple seasons ago, they obviously uh, liked Brian cook a decent amount, but, um, you also have Daniel Sorensen is thankfully gone, uh, which means that uh, his dime safety role should belong to Cook, I would assume. Uh, and it's been a pretty decent role for IDP, like when one of the other safeties is out, especially um, because on those obvious passing downs, he's the guy that comes in and plays in the box as almost like a second linebacker, right? That was what Sorensen did. That's what I think Cook will be uh, it, for, for the Chiefs as well. So uh, it's not maybe necessarily gonna be a reliable weekly role for IDP unless you know one of those other safeties is out. Um, but he should be at least a nice plug and play spot like when he's needed um in, in deeper leagues or if uh barring injury to somebody. Cause even like somebody like Daniel Sorensen played between 560 to 880 snaps in like each of the past three seasons. So (laughs) I'd imagine there, there'll be some good opportunities for cook to at least get on the field in a similar role and hopefully um, be an upgrade over, over what Daniel Sorensen was for, for the chiefs.
1: Yeah. I don't, um, I don't exactly know what Daniel Sorensen has on Spagnola, but um, (laughs) whatever it was, he, he, you know, he played that card every time because yeah. he, he played way too many snaps. Um, I think if you could tell an IDP manager right now that Spagnola is going to like Brian Cook as much as he liked Daniel Sorensen, he might be going in the beginning of the second round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like That's you said, that, those, those amount of snaps that he was playing and he was not effective, he was not good it was kind of painful to watch it you was know, criminal even, yeah even during like Super Bowl runs you're like what is yeah. going on like but um yeah uh your point there too like Justin Reed is another one that you know scores pretty well for IDP but he's not a terrific player when yeah. you watch the game he's probably gonna give Chiefs fans a little glimpse of what the addition by subtraction was when they lost Sorensen because <laughs> um, this could also be Justin Reed could also be a you know a cyborg in that scheme versus that dumpster fire that was in Houston over the last couple of years so yeah um, but yeah I, I love I like your take on on Cook um, I, I like the player I was a little worried on draft capital because I was kind of hoping he would have landed in one of these spots Minnesota, Chicago, one of those spots where they were actually missing him, you know, well, just kind of like blah at safety and, and needed a player. Um, I think that system in Kansas City is a little tough to figure out at times. They kind of go and be to their own drum, like Chris Jones playing defensive end last year and them being just absolutely <laughs> abysmal and then moving him inside and all of a sudden they're a top 10 defense. So yeah. um, is a, is, a, is an interesting coach, I'll say that to say the least, (laughs) Um, but adding, uh, adding McDuffie as well as adding Brian cook this year, I I think what they invested in those two players alone leads you to believe that they're going to play a a good amount of snaps. So um, cook is one of the best values I think right now for uh, IDP managers in general, you know, once you get past that three to four tier, you know, if you want to include Petrie in there, like um, he's kind of the, the next guy up and, and Juan Thornhill hasn't done a ton for me being like an IDP guy, I don't Juan Thornhill isn't a guy I'm, I'm going after. He's you know a guy that's even if he's on waiver wire, I think I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Who, who are they playing this week? <laughs> you know, what I mean? like he's not a, um, he, you know, he's he he's been good at points in his career. He's been downright awful at certain points. So um, and obviously, like when we saw him getting taken off the field for Daniel Sorensen on the regular, it was heartbreaking and kind of <laughs> leads you to believe he's not, you know, as in with the coaching staff or down with the scheme, you know, but um, yeah, I like cook. I, I think he's, he can make an impact on that defense. And I think that given what they invested in him, I do think that he he's going to see some snaps. I mean, I'm, if it's in the five to 600 range, I think a lot of people will be pretty happy. So yeah, um, myself included. So,
0: yeah, for sure. And I agree that he is definitely one of the better values at safety. Like it's not necessarily going to be that full-time role, but it doesn't mean that it can't get there, especially like you said, um, like a one Thornhill not playing uh, <laughs> the best football and, and Spagnolo being an enigma himself, right? Like one of the most common sayings on this show is that Steve Spagnolo hates IDP. So <laughs> um, it, I'm cautiously optimistic about, about Brian Cook having a, a a relevant IDP um career uh in, in Kansas City. So should,
1: should get those sh- should get those shirts made. Steve Specknell hates <laughs> IDP.
0: You're right, those would be good shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, let's go to uh the third round here. Um so JT Woods gets taken mm-hmm. by the Los Angeles Chargers. What were your thoughts on Mr. Woods?
1: uh 79th overall I believe he was taken so I think um you know he's projected in in a backup role Mm -hmm. but I do think I mean this might be a hot hot take but I'm also a really big Derwin James fan so I think he might be a key to unlocking Derwin to see a little bit more up towards the line of scrimmage a little bit more I mean bringing in JC Jackson bringing in Khalil Mack like on paper You know what I mean? Like this defense is great. We obviously know that that's not always the case, but you're talking Bosa, Mac, um, absolute, you know, whatever at linebacker, just because that's the charger way. Um, (laughs) But um, in the secondary, I mean, I think big, big improvement there. Um, I don't, I think his speed and his size are going to allow him to play a little bit more in that eraser, you know, deep role. and kind of let Derwin do what Derwin does, which is line up all over the place and make an impact wherever he's lined up. Um, We, as IDP fans, as, you know, you know, president and vice president of the Derwin James fan club over here, (laughs) um, we, you know, we want to see him that defense tailored around him and, and, Bringing in a guy like Jackson is definitely going to help a ton, but now having a safety that you can rely on. Um, right now, I think he's slotted to back up Nasir Adderley. Uh, Nasir Adderley's not great, but he's also not terrible. So I think he's um, Brandon Staley is is a big proponent of that too deep look, and I think like that sucked for Derwin a bit last year because he. Was their most dependable safety and, and kind of was a little bit more forced into that role. So I'm kind of hoping Woods is, you know, comes in and can kind of at least give them that. Um, and whether it be him starting over Adderley or just in sub packages and, and then moving Derwin around, um, I, I, I like the way the NFL defensive coordinators are now, of like. Those chess pieces, you know, kind of going back to Kyle Hamilton, too, is putting them in positions where they're going to disrupt the defense. And that does not always mean in a deep safety role or in a slot corner role or an edge rusher role like, you know, you, you move them all over the place, kind of let them make that impact because they're that good and and, you know. As you move your Tyreek Hills and your Cooper Cups into the slot and out wide and, you know, your Debo Samuels into the backfield, the defensive side gets a little bit of that too. And being able to move those guys who are those type of players and those type of disruptors in mul- from multiple positions, I, I want to get back to seeing Derwin do that a lot more this year. And I think it's going to be gold for his IDP value. Yeah,
0: it's, it's so funny that you say that because um, essentially all of my JT Woods notes have to do with Derwin James. So, um, yeah, so it, I I felt like the the Jack Nicholson uh, departed gift where he's smiling and nodding as you're talking, like I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, because yeah, like like you said, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Like my my JT Woods take is basically that this is good news for for Derwin James and IDP um, because the Chargers spending a day to pick on a safety again um, tells me one thing along with them letting Kaiser White walk and only bringing in spare parts like Troy Reader for linebacker. Uh, it tells me that under Brandon Staley, they do not want to play two orthodox linebackers, right? So they can now play Nasir Adderley and JT Woods deep and let Derwin James uh, come down to play the box, defend the run, match up with tight ends and running backs, blitz the quarterback. Um, he's essentially going to be, I think, their second linebacker um, is, is what I'm thinking and, uh, and, and exactly what you said. So if that ends up being true, then I think that IDP production – for him is going to be elite once again, um, as he continues to kind of solidify his status as the safety one um, on oh, JT woods, you know, he's, he is what he is. I, I, <laughs> like you said, he's, he's the backup to this year Adderley, and he'll be that, that deep safety winter when Derwin rotates down. But um,
1: I think the speed and size, like from woods, I like, like in terms of like the player itself, like I, I haven't done a ton, you know, of, watching that film um, but like from a number crunching standpoint and stuff like that like I think he the the Chargers are constantly you know decent at DB like they were atrocious last year from a number standpoint as a defense but I mean like they're they're going to be a lot better if everyone's healthy this year. And yeah, it it is unfortunate (laughs) that, you know, all the JT Woods notes are just, Hey, he's big and fast. So uh, he's going to be able to play the deep safety and we can (laughs) get Derwin where we want Derwin. But like, yeah, yeah, it it is what it is (laughs) Um, (laughs) in terms of, um drafting him like i don't i mean i would almost say he's off my board in yep. terms of drafting over a a 5 to 6 round rookie draft um i don't see any kind of value there but you know he does drive up derwin's value so
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's great that's that's what we want jt woods to do is he's he's our sacrificial lamb so that derwin can can uh profit and yeah basically just kind of looking at the grades too like i don't think jt woods is going to get is going to be that guy that comes down and look uh, plays in the box because um 47 run defense grade 57.3 tackling grade had a almost 18% missed tackle rate. Um, his strength was in coverage basically. So just playing kind of that deep role, I think makes the most sense for him. So um, yeah, it's, it's Derwin season, every season and uh, this season, especially. So, All right, let's go to uh, the next guy on the list here. It was Nick Cross um, goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so Cross was, he was the guy that ran like that, Four three four forty at the combine. Right. And man, that speed definitely shows up on the field as well. So I, I was picturing him kind of stepping into like a purely deep safety role in the NFL, but I think depending on what happens with Kyrie Willis, um, you know, he's, he's an expected free agent after this season as well. Um, there might be some flexibility for him to play like a pretty productive box heavy role, especially uh if Gus Bradley stays on there long-term. I don't think any, Defensive coordinator in the league last year ran more single high coverages than Gus Bradley. So, having that one deep safety and then one uh, box safety would be uh, it'd be a pretty big IDP role for for whoever is in that spot. And this season, it's Kyrie Willis. So, if Kyrie Willis is healthy, um, he's somebody that I love uh, for IDP this year. But if Kyrie Willis walks next year and Gus Bradley stays on the team, then Nick Cross is becomes pretty interesting because julian blackman who's their other starter there i don't think he's really built for that box role so cross definitely makes more sense there as the willis replacement if the team moves on from him which we don't know if they'll actually do just yet so not necessarily a guy i'm interested yeah I like
1: in. uh i don't i don't mind cross as a player um you know kind of going to my my point before of Keary Willis willis's He's never played more than 14 games. I mm-hmm. think, as an IDP manager, you're kind of fooling yourself if you're thinking he's going to. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in terms of like the you know the safety tandem there, I'm kind of with you on Blackman too. Is I don't know how much of that was propped up by Ibrulufu's system versus you know the, the actual players. Um, I I definitely think it's an insurance pick. Definitely. Um, I'm not sure how much will we'll see of him you know, in year one, how many, like, packages and, and whatnot, but do have to remember that, you know, with Kyrie Willis missing this time over these years, we're bringing in guys like George Odom and not good players. <laughs> um uh Sandejo, I think oh, was there for a few yeah. years. So um it's nice to have some fresh blood in there. Uh let them learn the system, let them, you know, get out there and make make a few mistakes. But you know, you for an ID from an IDP standpoint, I think we're more excited to roster a guy like that than we are to, to pick up a Sendejo off of waivers <laughs> and say why in Kier Willis's absence is he averaging over 10 points a game and I don't even yeah. want to roster him but I might have to start him this week so oh, um God. yeah and I mean obviously like the 40 time is is going to be very enticing um I don't I don't know that we'll see a a ton from him that is going to kind of warrant a pick but I think even kind of going back to JT Woods, I I think I'd feel a lot more comfortable taking a flyer on cross than I would Woods, Um, you know, and just because of the Kier Willis situation, the insurance situation, and maybe going back to the Dax Hill point where a year from now, you know, unless Willis has taken a team friendly deal, at least they have somebody else who can step into that role and has, has kind of had a year of experience. Um, But yeah, it's not a, um, not a overall you know great landing spot in terms of if you're looking for year one production but outside of the top like 3 to 4 here there's not a ton of those okay. um but yeah it definitely could be worse uh, like yeah. a, a, a worse situation and you know he is a decent enough player that I think he should be on radars for you know deep into the draft if you're going to taxi squad a guy or, or stash him deep on your roster um there's there's worse options I'll say that yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. He definitely becomes a lot more inter- interesting next season especially if if the team lets lets Kyrie Willis walk, right? So uh, or if Kyrie Willis misses time with injury like you said he's he's already done a bunch. So um yeah, he's a, he's an interesting player and and yeah, I don't mind the landing spot. You just got to just got to be patient and and kind of wait it out. All right, let's go to the Detroit Lions pick. Uh, they took Kirby Joseph uh, with the thirty third pick in the third
1: round. Yeah, K- Kirby Joseph was a tough one for me just because I believe is a one year starter, and that year was the the really only significant year that he put up anything statistical. Um, he joins a, a Lions team that is just atrocious. Um, like, I think uh, I think I have here they they average nearly. Uh, Allowed nearly 30 points per game and 400 yards per game, and but somehow played nickel only 26% of the time. The league, aver- <laughs> league average was like 48%. So I just, uh, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, they, do, they do have a couple young corners there that I do like. Um, you know, maybe they will kind of come into their own over time. It is a, a really young team. Um, but yeah, Kirby's just a, another, I, I, and personally think he's an average player, and I think he's an average player joining an average defense who's – I mean, we we kind of love Tracy Walker and from the IDP standpoint, and Tracy Walker's not that good um, from a real football standpoint. Uh, and Will Harris last year, what they tried to do with him was downright criminal. It um, was almost as bad as watching Daniel Sorensen <laughs> play 600 snaps. So um, I don't know. Like in terms of year one, I wouldn't touch him uh, outside of if you had one of these really, really deep rosters or if you actually like love the player. But um, he's not he doesn't do it for me. He doesn't really move the needle for me too much in the situation itself. He's going to be sitting behind the only guy that we want to roster on the Lions for IDP, which is Tracy Walker. So I don't, I don't love the much about the situation and the player itself is kind of like what I, what I come down to at the end of the day is, you know, the Nick crosses and guys like that. It's like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the player. I'm not really a a huge fan of of Kirby Joseph, but I mean, maybe he's just a late bloomer and and that, you know, one year starting last year kind of, you know blossom into something because there isn't like a ton there in detroit but um yeah i'm I'm not overly excited about that one
0: yeah yeah i I hear you i mean he's definitely another guy like that doesn't necessarily have an easy path to to fantasy relevance uh this season with like you said tracy walker's there for the foreseeable future uh they gave a one-year prove it deal to to deshaun elliott as well we'll see how he does there um and you mentioned will harris i think they're moving him to corner now um so (laughs) it's kind of it's you know there's there's not a lot of room either way for him to kind of win a starting role in year one but yeah. That being said, if Elliot like turns out to be a dud or he's not worth extending past this season, then maybe Kirby Joseph is the next man up in Detroit. Um, they've, they've kind of been setting up the, their team this in this way where they bring in like these one year veteran deals um, to see who should stick around and, and then who shouldn't. And then having like a younger crop of, of, of prospects uh, to kind of step in and take over if not. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like I, he's, he doesn't, elicit all that much excitement um kirby joseph and and like he feels like the kind of guy that could just get kind of lost in the ether as, as time goes on like um if deshaun elliott ends up sticking around there tracy walker's there i mean there's just gonna be no room for kirby joseph to be this um idp relevant player but um i understand the draft capital is not bad it's still day two draft capital and People might be willing to take a shot on that, especially if, yeah, you're not a believer in Elliott or, or Walker, and both of those guys are are like average safeties at best uh, in the NFL. So um, there's a chance it's it's not impossible for Joseph, but yeah, like you said, not all that excited about him, and uh, he's not somebody I'm 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 drafting in rookie drafts. All right, uh, last name on the list. Uh, it is our fourth round safety, Percy Butler. Uh, goes to the Washington Commanders. So Butler kind of sneaks his way into these top 10 safeties drafted. Um, but I've yet to see him taken in rookie drafts or or even really claimed off waivers. I don't know about you, but um that that you know that being said, the commanders ran like an above-average rate of dime personnel last year. I think it was 16.7 percent. So they had Bobby McCain, they had Cameron Curl, they had Landon Collins kind of all in the mix. Uh, I'm not convinced Butler is really going to play like a significant role as a a rookie, even with that, that, that those dime looks. Um, He did play all over the, the Louisiana defense last season. So there's some versatility to his game and he graded well in coverage as a starter. So, so that's good as well. But I mean, it's Washington I, ultimately I think it's it's still Cameron Curl season over there and you know maybe Butler can push Bobby McCain at some point we'll see um but Bobby McCain is he's found a way to stick around the league man he's he's he just he plays that deep role he stays there stays healthy and and, and just keeps getting a starting spot so um I don't know i again just to kind of close it off I guess on a on a downer with with Butler and with uh Uh, kirby joseph not the most exciting idp prospects i don't know if you felt any differently here
1: versatility and coverage were the two things i had for butler too so those were things that i thought he can make it on the field for but are also things that aren't um super exciting for idp for Mm -hmm. fantasy production because you know he might get stuck in a in a role where he's you know you're really relying on the impact plays the interceptions or you know maybe a defensive touchdown or something like that to kind of but i overall kind of probably see him and um kirby as, as special teams guys probably year one and i mean you're not starting a, a guy who's strictly playing special teams so and yeah uh 100 agreement with you i haven't i haven't seen him drafted anywhere even in you know seven rounds i i have a one IDP only. It's about four rounds, but it, it does have Debbie in it. So maybe in in those without Debbie, he he would go, but I still don't think that there's a ton of hype on him. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to the player and, and the spot, you know, okay. so um, definitely Cameron Curl season will always be Cameron Curl season. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the dime looks too for Washington, that one's kind of Something I didn't know, a little bit surprising, but, um, you know, given playing, you know, Dallas twice a year and, you know, kind of whatever Philly's doing now, those, those games were not good last year. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see the, uh, the Washington defense, I think, you know, they're going to have Jermaine Davis and, and you know Holcomb there and and hopefully they can get a full season out of you know Sweat and Chase Young and that that defense kind of changes a little bit and shows what we wanted to show for from an IDP perspective so um fingers crossed on that one yeah
0: yeah I hope so I mean there's there's definitely some nice pieces especially on the defensive line like that front seven for Washington so it's uh we'll see I mean Butler again he's, he's just not that exciting but it doesn't mean you know that there isn't a, a, a chance that he becomes relevant at some point, especially if there's an injury or something like that. So just a name to keep in mind, I guess, but um, yeah, those are the top 10 um, safeties drafted, but I had one sleeper. I think we pretty much have the same guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we both added on uh, Dane Belton uh, who was drafted by the New York giants, just one spot after um percy butler actually uh so Dane belton for me he you know he gets added to a roster of the giants that literally has just two safeties on it that's it um right now it's just xavier mckinney and julian love uh, mckinney's a, he's a former second rounder i think he's safe to start um but love i, I don't think is a lock I, I i first off i don't think he's very good um he's had his opportunities to be a starter in the first few seasons of his career and he hasn't really shown anything that says uh he can be a viable starter much longer i think he's got sub 60 overall and coverage grades in each of the past two seasons as well you got a new coaching staff coming into new york lack of other options i think could really elevate um belt into a starting role sooner rather than later uh, and if not, you know, you even got a guy like Don Martindale as the defensive coordinator who does still run plenty of dime defense as well. So there's opportunity for Belton to potentially um, be that sixth DP in those sub packages and kind of earn his keep there for a bit. But at uh, what was it at at Iowa? Um, most of Belton's playing time, yeah, at Iowa, was spent in the slaughter in the box. So I think he makes sense to kind of get those snaps again with with the Giants. Um, playing McKinney primarily deep like he did last season. But we'll see. We'll, they, they could switch that up as well. Um, and he's another guy that can basically be had at the end of drafts or after drafts pretty much every single time. So I'm, I'm taking plenty of shots uh, on him where I can.
1: For sure. I think uh, an overall young team, you know, another transition, you know, new coach coming in, new schemes, all that kind of stuff. Um, Logan Ryan kind of being there is kind of like really masked – the issues at safety for them because you know Xavier's missed some time as well, you know, over his first year. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind Belton. I actually kind of, I'm, I'm with you. I'm taking a lot of shots on him, you know, super late, you know, some of those Mr. Irrelevant picks in the draft. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a guy that could find a, a, a path to a starting job. You know, Julian Love's not good. So you weren't wrong on that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some, Some box snaps, like, even sparingly, like, over the first, like, month or so of the season. I think, you know, we're going to see him scooped up off almost every waiver wire that he's still on. So, um, and, you know, an overall young defense. So, he, you know, you lost Bradbury as well. So, um, I think they're they're trying to make changes there and kind of see, you know, using this year as they're not competing. So they're going to use this year. So maybe Belton, you know, shows a little something and, and they don't, if we come around next year to, to the 23 draft and they're not investing more in safety, you know, maybe he's a good buy low, you know, this year because of pro- potentially what could be next year. So um, one injury there also could be, a key you know i mean we're not looking at him being behind incumbent like starters that are legitimate like idp producers we all love xavier mckinney but he's you know he's not sniffing anything higher than db3 right now so um it's not a bad uh it's definitely not a bad long shot and uh you know worth the risk there so he's definitely kind of a guy that i think people should have on their radar if they're uh, looking for DB later, you know, it does get really, really grim (laughs) around those last couple of picks this year. So um, half these guys, you think, you know, might not even make, make it through, you know, training camp and stuff. So I think he's a guy who should be on a roster come week one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. And like, That's what I think. Like a lot of the the late rounds and rookie drafts are all about, right? Like it's dynasty after all. So we're not just looking for production this season. Like a lot of these safeties here, like a Dane Belton, um, Nick Cross, even Daxton Hill, not necessarily guys that are going to have roles right away as a rookie, but like if we're looking ahead, we're trying to project ahead, we're trying to get ahead of you know their. their value jumps, then, you know, we, we can, these are guys that we should be taking shots on uh, late in drafts or after drafts, just to kind of, to roster taxi squad, whatever you want to do with them um, so that you can be ready to, to just plug and play next season once they do get a starting spot. So um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting safety group. Um I think top heavy for sure, and then mm-hmm. after that, it's uh, it's it's basically taking shots on guys that could come into to starting jobs at at some point, uh, maybe next season. So um, we could go through. Well, why don't we rank these guys? Do you have a, a, a top ten that you've put together? Nice. Um, I wonder if we're different uh, here at number one. Um, do
1: You have <laughs> Let's just go to just go to number two. Yeah. No, so, so you don't have Kyle Hamilton sixth overall. <laughs> All right.
0: all right kyle hamilton is the clear uh cat number one of this group uh who did you put it to
1: i lewis seen it too all right yeah
0: i got lewis seen as well uh so that probably means that we both have brisker at three then correct all right and number four who'd you put at four? i actually have cook at four nice okay that makes sense i mean cook i think if you're looking at like production for this season, he's got a better shot than, than Dax Hill. I have Dax Hill at four, but um, it's close. It's, it's four and five. I have Hill and cook. So that definitely. I
1: just have them flopped. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do believe that 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 starting spot. If Dax Hill is to get it even a year from now is very valuable for IDP in Cincinnati. So, um, but obviously, you know, kind of when you're when you're projecting these guys you know you don't want to take a db to sit on them for a year you know ideally in the third to fourth round you're you know you would rather take that upside handcuff running back or wide receiver or something like that so that's kind of why i had those two flopped yep no that makes perfect sense um so number
0: six this was this is where it gets like kind of icky for me. Like I, I put Jalen Petrie here um, at six just because I think he does have a decent shot to start at some point this season. I just don't know in what kind of role or how many snaps that's going to be, but um, I think just looking at the Texans roster, Petrie probably gets on the field and, and is productive at some point uh, this year.
1: Yeah, this is where it kind of splits up because we already used Kyle Hamilton at one, so we can't use him at six. Right? So. Yeah, of
0: course. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I have Petri here too, and a lot of it draft capital is kind of like the the last thing I kind of like. That was the deciding factor. Where yeah. kind I of have a lot of these guys are all like the same; they're all interchangeable. But Petri, I think, is just a little bit ahead there, just because of the draft capital and obviously the Texans stuff chart. And yep, that
0: makes sense. And who'd you put at seven? Across, uh, yeah, seven me too. Wow. wow, So just the one minor difference at four and five so far. Um, number eight, I put Dane Belton. Um,
1: yeah, I actually didn't rank Belton because I went through right. the, the ten, but actually, yeah, you know, now, <laughs> yeah. Now that you mentioned it, if we're doing eleven, I would probably have Belton there as well because yeah. we're pretty pretty even on what we think of him and yeah. his, you know, upside. Yeah, yeah, and
0: then uh, after Belton, I put. Woods and then Joseph. Um, I don't know if you put anything different.
1: I have the last three because I didn't rank Belton. I had right. Kirby Woods, Butler. So Kirby Woods, Butler,
0: yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess I left Butler off. ah uh, I'm just not convinced, like, even if. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I already went through it. I'm not going to repeat myself. <laughs> but just the, I'm not going to waste breath on Percy Butler. But yeah, yeah, just I'm not crazy about him, basically. And the same thing, I'm not crazy about Kirby Joseph either. But I just, yeah. I went draft capital, basically pushing Butler out. Um, and yeah, JT Woods, just you know, he's going to get on the field, and I'll give him a spot inside the top ten because he makes Derwin James uh, better as well. So.
1: He deserves brownie points for that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's just really number one in my heart now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it. Um, the ID, IDPs that matter uh, in your rookie drafts covered over these last three episodes. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. And a big thank you to the great John Glosser uh, for coming back on and unloading his knowledge upon us. Much appreciated, good sir. Please uh, tell the good people where they could find you and your work.
1: Uh, real quick before we get out of here, I told you I got a hot seat question for you. Oh so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, wanna, I got ahead of myself. No, phone. no worries. <laughs> I wanted to uh, put you on the spot a little bit here. Sure. Um, before I kind of tell the people where I'm at. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean, over over the past few years, we've kind of had a lot of these, you know, rookie corners, which are mm-hmm. typically not drafted unless you're, you know, in cornerback required leagues. Even in those usually not drafting rookie corners, but we've seen some AJ Terrells and, you know, those type that are fantasy relevant um, by the end of the season. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of get your take on a hot seat question, which rookie cornerback you think this year will be the most fantasy relevant?
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's a good question, right? Because for me, typically it's usually whoever is going to be locked into like a starting kind of slot corner role. Um, So like, Kyler Gordon maybe gets that in Chicago Um, I think I don't think it's a lock that he's in that role uh, in that Kenny Moore role um, under Iberflus because I kind, I kind of think Tavon Young might get the first crack at it. Like I've been taking like my last round in best ball. Um, I just use like a pick on Taven Young because he could be that, that guy in that spot. So uh, it could be Kyler Gordon, but I'm going to probably play it safe and go with Ahmad Sauce Gardner uh, with the Jets. I think I, it, I know it's an outside corner role, so it's not as sexy as the slot role. He doesn't play as close to the box. He's kind of just stuck on the perimeter there, but if I'm looking at between, you know, him and, and Stingley, I think there's an opportunity there I think opposing offenses are going to try to get the ball out quickly against the Jets because I think that defensive line is um, much improved. So that ball's coming out quickly. Uh, probably uh, quick short routes to the corners with the the receivers in front of them as well. So there's an opportunity to get those get more tackles that way. Um, so just taking a safe bet. I'm going with Sauce Gardner. Probably not
1: the most exciting answer. <laughs> yeah. um, Kyler Gordon is probably the one. Obviously, coach speak June or May at the time is doesn't really mean anything, but um, yeah, Eber flu and the, and the Kenny Moore, obviously um, being such an effective slot for IDP over the past couple of years is kind of the easy answer there. Yeah. Um, Kyler Elam is another one I, I like for the bills. Uh, the bills were in an obnoxious amount of nickel last year, I think 91%. So, you know, way above league average there. Um, plus, you know, the, he's, you know, going to take over that role opposite of Tredavious White, which is, mm-hmm. you know, you're just going to pepper that guy because that just seems to be the way that people operate against the Bills. Okay. Um, my sleeper there was uh, Martin Emerson from Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's nice. got a little bit of a mess there at corner. Obviously, they have Denzel Ward. Newsom was, you know, pretty decent last year. That, that three safety look is kind of hopefully going to figure itself out between – you know Del Pitt, Ronnie Harrison, and hopefully John Johnson comes back to us at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so last year was awful. Um, but a uh, few things on Emerson: 152 tackles in 36 games in uh, in college. So I think, um, he he might be a guy that they they start at nickel or start at outside corner. Maybe move Newsome. So, um, that's a name to keep on radars. Obviously, not to take in your rookie drafts or anything like that. But um, mm-hmm. a name to kind of you know maybe monitor throughout the year, see see what shakes out through mini camp and, and all that. You know, Cleveland uh, is definitely going to need to upgrade their secondary in terms of play. They have the names there. They have the players there. It's just, you know, going to be about being effective. You know, the MJ Stewart's and right. all that stuff. We kind of, you know, maybe <laughs> Emerson's got some size to him, so okay. – um, and I think he could be effective there too. But um, I like the Sauce Gardner pick too because you know you're, you're you're playing Buffalo and Miami twice a year, so you know that they're gonna want to get the ball quick and throw it. So it's not gonna be. I think Stingley's gonna be a little bit more big play dependent. Um, interceptions you might need like five to six for him to kind of be in that that tier. Um, whereas I think Sauce Gardner, you're gonna see a lot more. If teams aren't going to target him right away, I think you're going to see a lot of those quick passes, like you mentioned, and him having the ability to come up and make that tackle. And, you know, if if we can get, like, an A.J. Terrell range where these corners are mm-hmm. averaging over three or four tackles a game, that's huge because when they yeah. do get those, those pass breakups and, you know, those those interceptions, which are impossible to predict, you know, that <laughs> that, that kind of skyrockets that player. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, just something I wanted to kind of put you on the hot seat we're talking DBs. I know corners yeah. aren't uh super you know attractive when we're talking idp <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no
0: i i like it because yeah it, it's it's true everybody's got a everybody's got a draft corner well and not everybody but those corner required leagues need some love too so I, I i do appreciate that and um yeah i like the call on emerson too right like the browns uh let troy hill go back to to the rams as well right he was their starting nickel last year and and like they're their corners just can't stay healthy over there. So yeah. there's going to be, going to be room for, for Emerson to get on the field. I mean, that's uh yeah, it's, I, I like it. Those are some good calls there. So, um, I, I appreciate it, John. I appreciate all the, the, the work that you do and, and all the information that you've given us uh, today and in and in the pre-draft episode as well. So thank you again for coming on. And
1: uh, now you can let the people know. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate you having me on. I always love, you know, these, this is our second year in a row, I think, doing this. Yeah. And definitely something I'm, like, looking forward to. And we're, you know, kind of DMing back and forth on Twitter about, you know, Things we're going to talk about and when we're going to get on and schedule a date and all that kind of stuff. So I'm um, always excited to do this with you. And I think we're in a, a couple leagues together now. Yeah. Um, not, you know, not not usually my favorite when I have to play against someone who kind of has a lot of the same player values. as me. <laughs> so, but um, I appreciate it. nonetheless.
0: Yeah, um, the, the race to Derwin
1: James. Who's going to overpay first? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, at Glosser13 on Twitter, um, as John mentioned before, uh, team lead, uh, senior writer and ranker at DynastyNerds.com, putting out uh, a lot more content, you know, as we get closer to the season, um, ranking, um, doing a little bit of podcast appearances here and there. I'm not great at doing this myself. So I like when somebody else does all the work and just, you know, wants to use me for my... You know, IDP brain. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, definitely if anyone ever wants to reach out or has any questions, anything IDP-related, um, feel free. You know, I'm, a, I'm always available. So um, appreciate helping the people out, out there. Um, it's just most of my takes are going to be after my rookie draft, so uh, I can still get the guys I want to get before <laughs> uh, I drive up the price. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense you gotta you gotta take care of yourself first that's important
0: <laughs> oh man well no i appreciate it john i appreciate you coming on and yeah it's always it's always fun getting to talk to you so uh thank you again and, and thank you to everyone for, again for for listening um i have been john Macri at pff underscore Macri on the Twitter. uh and you can find all of my work on pff.com and we will be back in a couple of weeks with a very special episode as the legendary Tom Kislingberry joins me uh, to discuss the new innovative fantasy platform called All22. Oh, and speaking of which, if you are interested in the All22 uh, fantasy leagues, you can get 40% off uh, a league entry with the promo code IDP Show, I'll put that in the show notes as well so you could find it. But uh, 40% off an All-22 uh, fantasy subscription is a, a nice deal for sure. But uh, Tom and I will be discussing that in a couple of weeks in more detail. So be sure to check out that if you're into IDP. There's probably a good chance you'll be into All-22. So until then, IDP out.